There is a lot of research going on into fenugreek. Fenugreek is a very well-researched herb in specific areas. It's cheap and cheerful. It's right there and we can have it in all of our foods. We can have it as um, drinks. It does so many things and it's just incredible. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello and welcome back to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. I'm so honoured to have Christine Thomas here again with us from the Herbal Extract Company of Australia. She's one of their researchers and, um, and she's the reason that we've been getting these amazing herbal highlights in our inboxes for those herbalists who are listening and naturopaths. And if you're not getting your herbal highlights, make sure you contact the company and get on their mailing list. They're absolutely wonderful. And um, today, Christine and I thought we'd talk about fenugreek because fenugreek is one of those herbs that any cook will know about and um, which is a reminder that if you are a general member of the public, please make sure that you have a naturopath that you're seeing or a herbalist that you're seeing. This is general advice only. And, um, and you will get the best care from having somebody who supports you within the modality who's accredited and trained. So, but let's talk about fenugreek. Christine, let's have a let's have a discussion about that amazing curry herb. It's in all the curries. I go down the Indian. We have fenugreek, and it's just incredible. Yes, as you can see, we can we use the seed. Mm -hmm. So these are this is our raw material that we start with. They're um, amazing shape, aren't they, fenugreek? Um, yes, and their smell is uh, as I said in my herbal highlight. It's that combination of bitter celery. Mm. and maple syrup which is a great description i think i think so yeah and a... apparently um in uh they use to hide the taste of other medicines in ayurveda right, um, right. yeah but it's quite a distinctive smell and taste yeah it's um, very distinctive and the smell does come through in your sweat after eating it doesn't yes. it? but that's the thing is, though, because it comes through in your sweat, that's how I use it a lot in my clinic. I use yeah. it as a lymphatic cleanser. So yeah. if it's coming through in your sweat, it means your lymph isn't moving enough and you need to work on your lymph. And that's what I feel. Anyway, that's personal thought mm, and understanding. Sign. And so when it's coming through and people sweat, I get them to have more of it until they don't sweat it anymore. And it means that they've cleansed that lymph. They've, they've got the lymph moving enough that they've finished sweating it and they're on, and their sweat will start smelling better overall because it make, you know, it, it's, it works through all of that sweat, but you can actually smell it on your skin. If you've had a, a lot of fenugreek, um, then you can actually smell it like on the, on your arm, not just under your arms, not just in the sweat glands, but actually coming out on the skin overall. Like if you have a huge garlic time, um, you know, if you're just down in the garlic, have a full Italian weekend or something and you end up sweating garlic, smelling garlic, everything's garlic. And it's a bit like that with the fenugreek. Garlic strings can be different. Fenugreek is really working, um, I feel, on those lymphatics and that's why we get that smell and then we can work through that smell and out the other side and you're no longer sweating it, you're no longer smelling it. 
and it's um, like garlic with pungent and warm mm, that's the energetics yeah those energetics of the herb are really important and um, and they make a big difference to our herbs don't they that energetics and how we use them working on whether someone's warm or cool um, and all of those parts of herbal medicine and you know and the joy of herbal medicine the joy of those herbs so um you you did some research so what did you find when you were researching yes i haven't done a full monograph on this one, um, there's still mm-hmm. a few to go. So I've only done um, just, you know, just a highlight mm-hmm. uh, research, which I normally try to get some uh, up-to-date research, something that's a little bit different because most people will know fenugreek and they, mm. they'll know why they, I mean, it's famous as a hypoglycemic yep. and as a galactagogue. I think they're the two things that probably people use them for in clinic. Yep. Um, they reduce cholesterol levels and blood sugar there's so much evidence um, and all the evidence today suggests that fenugreek can prevent and treat type 2 diabetes right Um, so i didn't include any of the studies on that um, because there is enough there to show that it reduces blood sugar in people with diabetes but there was an interesting one Uh, it was from 2018 a persian study and um well from iran but in Persian uh, medicine, um, it was used as a lung tonic um, to, to facilitate lung secretions. And it does have that demulcent, emollient uh, action. Um, so they make it, well, they use it um, as an anti-inflammatory as well. And yeah. it was a placebo-controlled double-blind trial. And it's an ancient prescription from Persian medicine. Um, they make a syrup with honey. Right. And they found that there was a, um, 79 people with mild asthma had um, an increase, significant increase in their quality of life and lung function wow. tests. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's not something it's as famous for. Um, no. And then the other thing that came up, obviously, is um, as a galactagogue. Yeah. Um, so there was a study done um, that was from 2018 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 30 mothers and right. it had a significant effect on the milk volume. Wow. In the early stage of milk secretion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, from memory, because I didn't write it in the highlight, but with that study... I think later on it didn't have as much of an effect. Right. Yeah, it was all about taking it in the early stages. Yeah, starting starting it off. That's when I would always recommend it was taken as mm. well. So, if you really haven't got that milk coming in, and um, in one case, I've shared two cases in the past where the woman decided initially I don't want to breastfeed, and so they were given medications and the cabbage leaves to stop breastfeeding, and then of course they changed their mind, you know, a week later, you know, five days later, and so they were down to pretty much nothing, and then they wanted to try breastfeeding because they'd got over those initial stages of shock and all of the other things that come with giving birth and had then changed their mind and wanted to breastfeed. And on both of those occasions, I gave both those women fenugreek because nothing was working. They were on the medication to bring the milk in and it wasn't working. And they, you know, and they were people I knew they weren't 
clients at the time or people that I knew of and other people said to them, you need to see Geraldine. And I gave on both of those occasions, I gave them fenugreek and on both of those occasions, we brought that milk back from the brink. And, um, you know, and they were both medicated to stop. They both chose to stop within 24 hours of giving birth, even though in the original plan they were going to breastfeed, but the trauma of birth and all of those things, they decided not to. But then, you know, for five days later, oh, no, actually, I do want to. So then you're given another medication, but it doesn't always work. And, um, and so they were really struggling and they wanted to get it back. And so the fenugreek just warped it up it just wow, and it, that were initial stages so they both took it for around a week they got their um maybe two weeks tops got their milk back in and stopped taking it so fenugreek i actually find amazing i think it's got lots of little things that people don't know about so one of the things um so it's really good as a galactagogue but it's also good for colds and flus. It does the same thing. It's helping you to um, blow your nose, to cough it out, to remove and help those secretions, just as it does with getting the milk into the breast. And um, I used it for a head cold and it stopped my eczema from itching. How random is that? So now I give it to people with super itchy eczema and how I give it to them and all those things are in the academy for practitioners um, because that's obviously from personal experience that's not written about. So, and there are a number of recipes and instructions in the academy, but I mean, it's a lung tonic. It does so many things. It's such a cheap and cheerful herb. You buy it at the supermarket. I've never grown it. I don't know. It's an Indian herb, so I wouldn't start growing it. Um, but it's cheap and cheerful. It's right there. And we can have it in all of our foods. We can have it as um, drinks. So Dorothy Hall suggested that people um, made a decoction or a very strong tea out of it and drank that for colds and flus. So, and for their lymphatics. So that's, that would be far too strong for me to drink it like that. And I have tried it like that. And I'd rather, far rather have it as a tincture every time, I've got to say, because you have a much, much smaller dose for the same effect. So 100% of the time, I'm straight in the herbal extract. I mean, another one of its um, indications is for digestion and dyspepsia yeah. and loss of appetite. So having it in the foods are great. A way to combat that effect if anyone is having even it's that demulsion action as you were talking about and leaky gut and um even during convalescence yeah it's um gentle on the digestion yeah yeah i was i was giving it to my father um for his emphysema in his final years oh, to help yeah. with that with those secretions in the lungs so he was having oh, um, Greek as part of his and he'd stop taking it he's in New Zealand and I'm in Australia so he wouldn't have any for a while and he'd stop taking it and then he'd always contact me and say you know I ran out and I just thought I won't bother anymore but I do need it I cough mm -hmm. easier when I'm on it I find it easier to get everything up can I have it so all of these um, lung things it's just it's really good it's very old very traditional herb but it's that warming and it yeah, as we said, it works with the, um, for blood sugars, for mothers, galactagogue. It does lots of things, but in the right dosages. And actually in the, in the study on the um, galactagogue, it was interesting because obviously, um, well, some types of herbalists and, and many people are interested in the mechanism of action, like how does the herb work? Why is it working as a galactagogue? And that's it's like being a detective trying to find out and... 
Um, so they don't actually know why mm. it works, but they hypothesize. Ah, and yeah. some of the um, hypothesis, <laughs> hypotheses that they came up with were um, that it contains hormone precursors um, wow. that may increase the milk production. Um, it's also thought that it might, um, because it stimulates sweat production and the breast is a modified sweat gland, so mm. it may felt, uh, affect breast milk production in that manner. And then they also said it may have an estrogenic activity, which is the, the hormonal aspect. So, but they don't know for sure. So they, they're just um, still researching to find yeah. out how, how it is that it actually works. Mm. Yeah. The, um, that, I mean, there is a lot of research going on into fenugreek. Fenugreek is a very well-researched herb in specific areas. So, but there's a much... Um, there's a much broader list of things that could be researched with fenugreek. But that's the thing with research, isn't it? You have to look, what is it going to do in this group of people? Because if it's its traditional use, you're not going yeah. to give it to someone with a bad foot or something, because there's no traditional research in a bad foot with fenugreek, unless of course they're diabetic, then there is. But um, you're going to, the, when they do the research, they're going to look at traditional use and then they're going to apply it to that. And sometimes, we discover all sorts of other things along the way, but that might not be the original purpose of that research and that, that cohort of people within the research may not be the ones who are going to help with different studies or different uses. So, but fenugreek's got a plethora, you know, it's got lots when we look at um, blood sugars and um, the, what was that? Um, cholesterol. And the cholesterol. So, and the liver action. So it's a really, really cool herb to have in your dispensary. I can show you. Mm. I've got a demonstration of. Uh, oh, now that's a. So oh, and that one comes in really. Um, that one comes in. We can see through it. And that one. Yeah. So some of the others that we've seen have been very dark, you know, cloudy almost. And in this one, we're looking at a very pure almost cup of tea style, really. Yeah. Um, you can see the golden colour coming through like the seeds. Mm. Very golden, a very beautiful golden, along with that, the maple and bitter celery. Yeah, so almost the, looks like maple syrup. It does, actually. It does look very similar <laughs> to thinned maple syrup. It's got that golden, luscious look to it, hasn't it? I, um, I just am um, remembering from the research as well, I believe um, when I read that review, that it actually is used in the food industry um, as a site, like when they're... Sim um, Synthesizing maple syrup. Yeah. Uh, oh. When it's oh, not wow. pure maple syrup and they're just synthesizing maple syrup, uh, fenugreek was used. Oh, wow. Which is, yeah. They do all sorts of things. The food industry is a real worry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'd much rather. Up in research because they're often using the herbs for um, antimicrobial action for right. preserving. Oh, it comes yeah, up a yes. lot in the studies. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and as you were saying, with the, it's it's difficult to um, study heads because they have this enormous amount of constituents in them. Mm. So studies are usually they're made for pharmaceuticals, which focus on one chemical. Yeah, and so it's very difficult to study a herb because they're, you know, the the amount of chemicals would go across this wall. It's and it's yeah. very we don't know half of them. Yeah, and so we're all about the synergy of of all the chemicals within the herbs. Yeah, um, so, that's where the action comes from, the synergy between all the constituents. Yeah, 
that synergy of the constituents of the one herb and then that synergy when we mix it with another mm, herb. Exactly. Because, you know, a lot of us will do um, five herbs in a bottle. I, I will often go over five. I'll go up to eight or 10 mm. doing a more traditional system and, um, and at a lower dose. But once we've got those in there, it's, you're looking at it. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of science there's a lot of tradition and there's a lot of knowledge by each herbalist that prescribes. Yeah. And when we look at those combinations and we all get together, um, I'm a member of the NHAA, so the Naturopaths and Herbalists Association of Australia, as is the Herbal Extract Company. Um, and, the, and when we all look at the herbs and we all get together and we all start talking about the herbs, then that's when everyone's going, oh, yeah, I put that with that and I find it's really good. And that was, you know, and some of these herbs we're talking about when we mix it with something else, that's where we start to get these results. And that's where we're making sure we put these together in. So if you're going to use this for a galactagogue, you might use it as a simple. And I did use it as a simple for both of the cases that I gave earlier. I did use it as a simple. But um, often with other things, you'll be mixing it with something else. So for my father, it, sometimes it was in a mix and sometimes it was given as a simple, depending on what he needed at the time for his lungs. So it just depends how we use it for which problem. Yeah. A simple being a single all by itself and alone rather than in a mix. But as we've repeatedly said, if you are a member of the public listening, please make sure you have your own naturopath or herbalist, preferably one who's local to you, if, if that's possible, so that you can get those herbs delivered to you or you can go and collect them. And they are the ones that you need in your environment. Because remember, different places in the world will have different herbs, will have different systems going on. And so it's really important that you have your own herbalist in your own area. Okay, so and they will chances are be using some of the herbal extracts of Australia products. These beautiful, beautiful herbs. So, um, have we got anything else? Have we missed anything oh, with integrating? Oh, think of how when you were saying mixing them together, I always think that's where the art of herbal medicine lies uh, is in yeah. the the combinations and and again because they're in, it's for the individual. So um, it depends what's going on with that person at the time. And I always like to say with herbs as well, they're, they're not like pharmaceuticals. They're not, it's not one who we don't go fenugreek for yeah. breastfeeding. I mean, it's useful for breastfeeding, but why yeah. is that woman not producing milk? And so they're supplements to a healthy lifestyle as well, as you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we often combine it with fennel or go, and goat's through. Yes. Um, yeah. For a breastfeeding mix. Mm. But Really important, like you said, to see a practitioner who understands the finer nuances yeah. within the herb. Yeah, so we've got the finer nuances of the herb and seeing that practitioner means you get everything for your whole body as we mix it all together and the art of choosing which ones are right for you. Because if I'm going to put five herbs in a mix, I have to see you to choose those five, those eight herbs, whatever it's going to be. And I have to know all about you and your mix is individualised for the, you know, and I have, I see a naturopath and I will get given herbal mixes by other naturopaths and I will get given medicines by other naturopaths. And at the same time, sometimes I'll pop into my office and mix myself up something because I know that's what I need. But that's not to say that I'm not open to learning from other people and I'm not going to find the answer to my individualized illness to what's wrong with me specifically on the internet. I'm going to get that by seeing a practitioner. 
and um, it's really important that if you are a member of the general public that's out there and you're listening that you have a practitioner that supports your individual needs and your issues and um, practitioners there will be a part two um, in the academy and in there i'll put how i've used um fenugreek and my uses for it and my mixes so that's there waiting for you so thank you so much so very very much christine for joining us again it's been absolutely brilliant as always talking to you and um, i'll look forward to chatting with you soon and catching up with everybody on the podcast very very soon thanks a lot bye thank you. thanks so much for joining me today don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes if you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.